We're going to keep this podcast intro really chill and not overdone and put some in there. We've got Ollie and Ruben Come from on. DQ. Friends entrance. What is good, people? <laughs> but yeah, do, should we do like a, do a formally, do a bit of a formal in, intro about yourselves for the people listening? Jeez. Uh, I'm Ollie, one of the owners. My co-owner, Ruben's right here next to me. Um, I mean, what more do you what, what more do you want from an intro? Oh, that, that'll pretty much do it. But yeah, you guys are... <laughs> Owners of VQ, do, is it like a split? Like, as in... Yeah, 50-50. How did it come about? How did it happen? The, give me the story of... Jesus. That's why I want to know the story of Vanquish. Uh, what, from the start? From when we met when we were like 11? Yeah, or? go on. Yeah, go on. Yeah. I don't know. Like, literally, like, I don't know anything at all about your relationship beyond like the last, like, what? Have I long, have I know, like five years? Oh, it's got to be longer than that. You yeah, I, th- I think it's longer. longer. First guys. Because I remember, like, I remember my, first, my first time seeing you two was when I was with Gymshark... And I remember like going past the VQ booth and I was like, I saw you two there on the booth. And then I was just like, I can't remember what I thought. I think maybe you'd emailed me before or maybe I'd emailed, like tried to approach you for free stuff and you'd be like, nah, who the hell is this guy? I can't remember. <laughs> like, I just remember looking at me like, yeah, those were guys that didn't give me any free clothes. No. Fuck you. <laughs> what year was that? It must've been literally like oh, ages ago. So like, 2017? 2016? No, before that. Maybe 2016? Yeah. Could even be 2015. Nah. That was the, that was the smallest stand. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember. One. You were like a little square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Or it, it was like open on two sides, I think. That's what yeah. I remember. Right so, by Rich Piano. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that was All the right. first one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the original. Yeah, no, yeah. We were too small then. It must have been the year after that. If you looked at us in that small stand and thought, fuck them, bro. I didn't actually think, fuck you. I think, I think it was like, I was just at the stage, you know, where you like start to get some followers and you try to like get free shit. Like, oh, I get free stuff now. Like, how sick is that? And then I was even, I, was, I think you like ghosted me or something. And I was like, oh, there they are. I think Mo might have made that up, but that's a good story. But yeah, the, the story about you two anyway, how did you, how did you meet? How did it all come about? Like, just take us from, no, you take us away from day one. So we went secondary school together in Crouch End. Highgate went to Highgate Wood. We must have met when we were about 11, 12-ish. Um, just part of, I guess, a bigger friendship group. We all, like, the two of us started hanging out more. Um, did we used to sneak out of school to go lunch and buy a full pack of sausage roll? Or was that when they allowed no, us to No, we go were out? allowed to go at that point. We went. You've, right. you've, yeah, but you've, you've always been in London, basically. Like, yeah, London yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we kind of lost touch around the middle of a few years of school. As I always say, when Ruben fucking started becoming a social butterfly mm-hmm. and I was just banging out all the Warcraft. Really? Yeah, mate, I loved it. I would have thought you'd be it. like a bit of like an emo kid or something. You know? I, I was like, emo. I went through every phase going. I think I still change my phase every six months now. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's, maybe that's fashion. I don't know. Yeah. Was Wild um, Warcraft a thing? Was it my thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate, it was lit. I loved it. I was even... It might still be his thing. Really? No, it's boring <laughs> now. It came back for a bit with classic, but now it's just dry. Um, it's like you try and play it. And it's just not the same. Or like, yeah. like I've tried to play, I used to play Minecraft all the time or like Battlefield and I'll go back to it and like I'll try and play it and I'll play it for like half an hour and be like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When I, even starting a new game now at this age, I'm like, this is too fucking intricate. I'm never going to remember. I can't be asked. Yeah. Um, I think, so we kind of we drifted away from each other, but then... In my first year of uni, I came back from summer and I was like, anyone want to train with me on Facebook? Yeah. And mm. train with me, G. Well, I just saw it. He got massive, like really quick when we were in sixth form <laughs> and I was just looking at him like, yeah, I need, I need to know what this guy's doing. Uh, and then he, yeah. Well, I mean, we'd always got on well, but I think, you know, like as you get older in school, like you will drift apart and do your own thing. Yeah. And then when he dropped that on Facebook, I thought, yeah, let's, let's link up and, and train. And then he taught me some bits and pieces and then we started hanging out and then yeah i think yeah you were a year behind me at uni and then so i was finishing um do you, when, do you go both to, both go to the same uni then how no, did that work no. you you were in um ipswich yeah and i was in south london yeah Oldsmiths. um and yeah so we were hanging out and then i guess we were always interested in business and just talking about stuff together and ideas and then I think just as I graduated and it was that time where you got to start applying for jobs 
And then, you know, you're hearing all these horror stories of everybody you went to uni with like, oh, I had to do this task and this task. It was really stressful. And I just didn't want to do that at all. Oh, what, when, you're, when you first get employed after uni? Yeah. So and going to the real world. Yeah. Like, Fuck this. So it was literally because yeah. like, I didn't really enjoy the degree I did. I did computer science and I really didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So, I mean, I did it and it was cool, but I knew like it would be a struggle to take that on as a full-time career. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was like dreading having to like apply for a real job, but it was getting to that point where the summer was like, finishing and then it's like okay everyone else is coming to an end yeah. like yeah man oh, that scares the shit out of me you know mm. like the, the, i got that as well the thought of like oh i'm going to an office now yeah i want to go into a lab because i did science it's like that fear just built up and built up mm. i was like i can't fucking do this yeah it's just it's just the process of it if it was like quite daunting you know to like go through all these different rounds of interviews and stuff like that and then um I might have skipped a bit out about us selling stuff on eBay, yeah. but I want the full story. I, I think the sick thing is when we started training together again, I think like almost immediately we got so close and that was, it was fucking sick. Like I think that's a lot of life is just chilling with your bros, training, eating, talking about business. Like one thing I thought was so sick about Ruben, he was always so good at saving money and trying to make more. And me, as soon as I got the student loan, I was like, Boom, let me spend it all. Yeah. But yeah, we were just chilling, chatting about business, trying to work out how we could make more money together. How, um, how old were you when you first started training then? Like, what's this? Like, what, together, 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 together. Yeah, yeah. Say, maybe like 20? Yeah, or even 19 -ish. probably. Yeah, 19, 20 ish. So you did stuff before VQ? Well, yeah. So when we, I mean, first of all, before we even started anything, we were just buying and trading stuff from AliExpress. Okay, selling it on eBay. that's so sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we thought, you know what? How old were you at this point? Like, must have been 21-ish. Okay, okay. Kind of vague. I don't really remember what was going on back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then after maybe doing that for a year, like I guess Ruben had just finished uni and we said, should we try and make some gym clothes? And I, I, thought, I thought Ruben was a strong businessman. He was like behind it, but it sounds like it was pure fear. <laughs> I don't know. No, we, I mean, I was very much behind it when the idea came up, but obviously, you know, it takes two people to want to like fully commit to that. I know like a lot of people just want to get straight into work and be earning money. And it's like, yeah. there's very few people that are going to want to sit there and slog it out for years, making nothing whilst you're trying to get it off the ground. Do you actually, you actually wanted this to be like a proper thing? Like, I, I think from the start, we knew like we want to fucking be as big as we possibly can. Yeah. Sound big headed, but I think we always, yeah, we always really wanted to grow it. Like, so yeah, you went into it with a mentality of like, oh, this is going to be big. I'm going to fucking smash this rather than it being like a little project or something. No, 100%. It was, it was an all or nothing situation because the alternative was we were going to have to get jobs. So So basically you were like two bums that didn't want to work. Start. Oh, well, <laughs> I was still at uni. I finished my degree. But, um, yeah, I, th I think we just looked at what was out there and we saw what everyone was doing and we thought like we could definitely do a better job. Yeah. And like we backed ourselves to to go out there and make an impact in the market. And I think even when we first started, when there's like people that are always like a little bit ahead of you, I think Gymshark were quite far ahead and other competitors, but yeah. Um, yeah, we just, we just looked at it and thought, yeah, for sure. If these guys are doing that, we can do, we can do something here. Why, why did you start it? Like other than the job thing, like what did you want to, why did you want to create gym clothes? I think back then, because we probably started maybe like a year or so after Gymshark, I think even then it was still running around top man trying to find the nicest vest they've got. And there wasn't really anything in the market like that. Yeah. And I know back then we were trying to create more fashion stuff like that. Hype influenced leopard print stringer. Oh, I don't don't remember that. But I do remember when you like there was a few proper edgy things. When I first started. So a lot of our first success was off parody stuff we used to make. And I think the most popular one was cocaine and creatine. No uh, way. Was that VQ? Yeah. No, it hasn't like other people stolen this now, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. There's definitely been a few that have done bits with it, but. There you go. There yeah. Because when we first started, we were called Big Boss Gymwear for two years no in 2013. Way. No. Yeah. But then we finally went to register that trademark and Hugo Boss weren't too happy. <laughs> no, did, did, what did you get? Uh... Oh, we got a cease and desist. I think we. I think the way they register a trademark is you put, you're registered in, and then they publish it in the trademarks journal for three months, and then at the if you if you pass with no opposition, a three month period, you're sweet and you got it. Yeah. But I think on like the last week, it was like just into New Year in 2015. 
and we got the letter from them and I was like, oh my fucking God, man, we're fucked. Was it like proper <laughs> It was stress. Scary. That was probably the biggest yeah. stress to date at, well, at, at that point. And we're like, this is completely <laughs> fucked. But I, I think, I think over the years you get used to the highs and lows and you, you realise it's not that deep. Yeah. But I will say, I think the opportunity to sit down and think of Vanquish Fitness as a much more mature brand name was a saviour. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I prefer that to Big Boss Gymwear, to be honest. Um, I think everything we did at that point was very niche. Like, it's like for Rick Ross fans who thought they were <laughs> hench in a gym. Um, and like Ollie said, we were making some pretty crazy designs back then as well. And it was like, I think that gave us a good opportunity to rebrand and focus on something that was a little bit more commercially viable. Yeah. Because um, I think when you first start without a care in the world, you're, you're only thinking what you like. And although it's obviously important to love the product you make too, but... To, to make sure that at least a few other people like it as well. <laughs> There's at least five customers. Come on. <laughs> so, you, you start, yeah, so you started it as you finished uni. Yeah. How, how did you start? How did you start it? Where did you get funding from? Did you do everything yourself? Like, how did that work? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm, I, just, I, I'm just thinking I'm going to probably start Big Boss Gymwear after this. And I want to uh, <laughs> get that started. Don't trademark it, my brother. It won't end well. <laughs> I think we literally had, we put like one grand each of our leftover student loan money into this. Yeah. Um, and that was it. We did fucking absolutely everything. I remember we, we, did, we didn't even know how to start. We just decided we wanted to do it and then fucking just started looking online into it. I think the first thing we did was get a heat press. I think, Ruben, did you have to drive to some random place in South London to collect? Yeah, I think we found it on Gumtree. Ollie assured me that this was the best deal and the best way to make clothes. And um, of course, you know, I couldn't argue with that. I had no experience myself. So we went on a mission to South London in, I think, my mum's Nissan Almira. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we went there, got it, picked it up, came back, and we thought we were ready to conquer the world. Um, I think we then ordered like blank stringer vests from, was it Pakistan? It was indeed. And yeah. um, they came, the quality was terrible. No. I think we found a few dead bugs in the bag. <laughs> no. Like all sorts of, yeah, well, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I think that was the, the start and the end of our relationship with that supplier. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you could probably give a bit more detail with the, the printing. Yeah. yeah I, I, I did think, I thought when I was looking online, I thought this heat press, this is the fucking sickest thing. So, so what does it, what does it do? I know nothing about. So I think it's typically when you buy, um, I think like a one of one garment online, they might use a really sick professional digital heat press or like press design onto the clothes. Okay. I think it's pretty much the same kind of, um, concept as, you know, when you might get inkjet printer, print a design at home and like iron it onto your t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. basically that, but it's this massive plate that heats up with a few dials on it. You clamp it down on the garment. I did burn my mom's carpet. Yeah. <laughs> you clamp it down on the garment and that's, well, that's should be it. But what, what we realized is fucking, you then need to like wash it a couple of times to test. It doesn't crack apart. Um, oh, Okay. And through Ruben, because I still had one one year of uni left, so Ruben was having to print it at his house, drive to my mum's, set it up in the garden, print it. In the garden? Yeah, well, because yeah, because after I burned my mum's carpet apart, she wouldn't let me do it in the house. <laughs> no way. <laughs> He's setting it up in the, garden, in the garden, in this dodgy old table. Yeah. Press the garment, and then you've got to wash it, let it dry, wash it again to make sure it's not cracking apart. And we realized pretty quickly that... So you're washing the clothes after you make them in, the, in like a washing machine. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Wash then, test, then, didn't it? So, so, so <laughs> that's, that's wash tested. It's, it's even more involved than Ollie said. So like, really? yeah, you've got to print off this no design way. and then you're like painstakingly cutting out the, um, the actual outline of it so that you don't have too much like crispy border from <laughs> excess... Um, I don't know what it is, but yeah, excess paper or print or whatever. Yeah. Then you're cutting this out and you're taking ages for each like each individual garment just to print it was probably taking like an hour or maybe a little bit less, but, um, and then it, it was all dependent on how hot it was. So if you didn't, if it wasn't hot enough and you didn't hold it down for long enough, it would look fine coming off the heat press. But then when you wash it, it would just fall apart. Yeah. So it had to be like perfect. And obviously if you've got a customer that's ordered it and they're waiting for this whole process of you making it, washing it, waiting for it to dry. So you did it like print on demand? Yeah, mm. literally. <sighs> and I think it was like, we got, we waited like a few weeks to get the first order. And I know Ollie's grandma told us it was a flop and um, we should stop doing it at that point. But we, we, we persisted, got the first order. And then, um, yeah, I think was, it was very soon after that. I was, what, I was, what, what was she like? She was, what did your grandma say? 
Oh, <laughs> my grandma was always a bit. I don't know. Would you say she's? I don't want to say she's crass, but she would just say it like she sees it in it. She always told me stop fucking swearing when I was a young boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my mum had said, "Oh yeah, it's been two weeks and they got one order," and she said, "Oh, it's a flop then, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, she was ready for us to throw in the towel, but um, yeah, I think as Ollie was still at uni, like he said, and obviously I was going through this process of trying to handprint this stuff, and. Um, as soon as I realized how involved it was, I was calling him up like, Ollie, I can't do this anymore. This is, yeah. this is not sustainable. How's it profit, profitable? Well, well it that? wasn't at all. Cause obviously we were like working for, for absolutely free living at home. And then, you know, it just got to that point where I was, yeah, I was like, Ollie, I can't do this. It's too so, much. So you, you weren't doing like any jobs on the side. You're just like all nah, in on this. No, You're like we fucking were, literally just went for it. Yeah. yeah. We, we were That's all in. cool. Yeah. Yeah. We were living off, um, Sainsbury's basics, ready meals. And, um, Tins of rice pudding. Jesus. Boy, be bangers, man. They had to bring back that horse. That was good. That was a good munch. How long, how long did it take you before you actually like, well, like, oh, okay, I can make a wage from this. Like an okay, like live, a livable wage. I reckon. Oh, it was a while. I think we might have started taking a grand each after a month, after a few years. But even then, that was Fuck. just like, yeah. wasn't real living, living wage. And I how, think, are you, how are you living until then, then? If you, I think we're very lucky because we just lived at our mum's didn't really do anything other than work. Mm, That's mm. cool. Yeah. Well, we, I think we quite, we enjoyed that process. I think we were loving it. Like finding the absolute the cheapest grind. thing we could find. Like Subway was our office. We'd sit there and absolutely violate the free refills. I don't know if they are actually free refills, but we, we took it to be that they were. They give <laughs> oh, us a oh, carbon lawsuit, access. Lawsuit in <laughs> but yeah, we just sit there and like sit on our phones and like try and get stuff cracking. Trying to get promo cracking, you were getting shout outs yeah. off old Instagram pages. Oh, back what in the you day. do like message Instagram pages? Yeah, and... like that. I mean, that right back in the day, that's how we did it. Like, you know, just would you pay them or would you like, yeah, send you'd... them stuff? No, we'd, we'd pay them. We'd like come up with a deal for, for like, say, you got 10 posts for X amount of money. And yeah, um, I think everyone was doing it back in the day. That's how we we got some of our first first sales, really, first customers off the back of that. That yeah, was pre-algorithm. So we just, you tell them what to post, give them the picture, the caption, they post it for how many hours you decide. And they show everyone, wasn't mm. it? And because back then all the stuff was very catchy, very loud, like parody style garments. Yeah. I think people would look at that. You see a stringer for like 12, 14 pounds and you just buy it without thinking. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think that all of that kind of sales growth, I think was probably what allowed us to take the capital we generated from that, put it into Vanquish and then start actually making a pro proper branded garments in 2015. Yeah, because it's changed a lot, hasn't it? Like, mm. I'll, I get like like friends and stuff that are like in the influencer, I hate the word, in the influencer space, you know, and they'll be like, like asking about gym clothes or whatever or asking about like VQ. And then like the thing I hear the most is it's like, I'd say you're one of the only brands that make like clean, like, sleek like stuff that you wouldn't mind wearing out do you know what i mean like mm. if like for example the t-shirt i'm wearing now like it, whether it's coming to you or not like i'd wear it out and about without looking like a fucking noncy power ranger <laughs> yeah, literally literally <laughs> so, I a bit so i feel like you separated yourselves in that kind of you could probably tell like explain it better than me you know i mean i like i like the term noncy power ranger i think one thing that was always <laughs> always in my head was like you just think of these skin tight, bright blue fitness garments and you're like walking around Sainsbury's after gym looking like an absolute twat. I still love those as well, but yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but I, I, I think we always wanted to make stuff that kind of had that streetwear fashionable style inputted into it. Yeah. Um, I think we've lost our way over the years. I think we're smashing it at the minute. But I, I think it's just gym and lifestyle really. It's like to the gym, from the gym, after the gym. It's just everything encompassing. I think now we're trying to make, we've got the kind of more graphic stuff like you're wearing there. You've got the yeah. essential plain stuff that you might wear more so for the gym. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to just talk about products forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love the, um, I love the, love the newer stuff you guys are doing. But anyway, going back to the mm -hmm. story of the brand. So, so I, yeah, we'd started in. It took, you like, it took like a month, sorry, man, I was just going to say, it took like a month to get the first order. I want to know about like, actually getting orders and how that how that went about you know what i mean obviously beyond instagram well, how did you actually start selling like uh, i know to get that first order we had to do buy one get one free yeah um i think it just it, it was more a case of when, when we found something that worked we found like these 
shout out pages and Instagram promo was working well. I think we had some Facebook stuff going as well at the time because that was a little bit more relevant. Um, I was doing stuff on Twitter as well, just manual stuff. Like, um, like what? I was just trying to interact with anybody that was like seeming that would be interested in the product, literally just commenting on photos, like real manual stuff. I'd be sitting there on, on my sofa of an evening watching TV, but literally just going, going in, messaging, commenting, uh, following people, just trying to like get oh, like any following attention. Following people back. Yeah. yeah, ju yeah. Just, to, just trying to get any sort of attention because it's like any person we could interact with could be a potential customer. But yeah, I think as, as the sales started to come in and I think the, the Instagram promotion side of things was working well, we just really just try to scale that up. And I think we've always, we've always pushed things that have worked well. As soon as we find something that, that, that is working, we'll, we'll really go in on it. Yeah. So basically trying different shit and then the stuff that works, you've kind of just doubled down on that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. That, that, I guess on the sales side of things, the rest is history. I mean, it's, it's been on Instagram. It still is on Instagram. Like we've just, continuously try to grow that platform and engage with people on it yeah yeah but that is crazy because we're sat in like a, a big bougie office office building now aren't we you can probably hear the reverb if you're listening on the podcast <laughs> and you've gone yeah gone from garden to that man that's pretty cool and we're back in the garden <laughs> man. you can see the yeah but you're in like a posh you're in like a posh gardens now it's like a massive a massive gardens but yeah that's that's pretty sweet i've got like i was saying i've got some pre semi pre-planned questions i normally just completely blag it and do it like a, a chat or a conversation but you, you wanted some like rough like outline to questions of things that you might chat about uh but yeah the other one one of the things i want to ask you as well was like with the brand what are the biggest challenges that you face like i don't know whether it's scaling it going from that like bedroom mum's house stage to something bigger distribution etc etc i'll let ollie answer the question that will start it off but i will say before that i think when you start a business from the ground up you will encounter every single problem from legal to operational to any any problem you can imagine you could you will come up against it and it's yeah. so yeah i'll let ollie start on he might have an example for you off the top of his head but i think something hard when scaling is knowing when to let go and like when to let go of a certain task um like design for example i think i was clinging onto that for fucking far too many years what, what do you mean like i guess i was always like i have to do all the designs i have to make all the garms okay but now we've got robin in the other room there who's i had a design she's fucking amazing like the stuff she brings out is just leagues above anything we could do yeah um but I think it's hard because when you start the business, just two of us, you're so used to literally doing from fucking design to packaging to customer service, logistics, knowing as you're scaling, knowing when to let go is hard. But then I think as well, it's not, it's not just getting someone in to do the job. You've got to get the right person. You've got to fucking empower them to do well and ideally without you. Because I think someone might do something slightly wrong and then at least my instincts would be like, oh, let me take it back. Let me do this. This is all wrong. Yeah, yeah. But fucking you want to, yeah, just have people, let people grow within the company and then you fucking focus on something else, another part of the business you need to grow. Mm -hmm. um, what other big challenges are there? I'm trying to think. It's, it's, a, it's a hard one because like I said, there's so many different things that come up. I think... Something challenging is probably having to be an expert at everything at one point or another with no training. Okay. So like if you come across a legal issue and you've got no legal background, you literally have to navigate that whole situation on your own with no help, no advice and like try and make the best decision you can. Yeah. And I mean, that's, we've had, obviously as everybody does, you've had your, a few things here and there, but... <laughs> I, I won't go into anything specific. I but, really want to know. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like that type of stuff, which like Ollie mentioned earlier, we've had that since day one. Um, and as well, like all the different roles in the business, when you start a business, like the need for different roles within the business comes up, like media roles or, you know, um, marketing or accounting, whatever it might be, but you have to get your hands dirty at the start to try and... Um, 
just just let the business run, you know, until you can afford to get people in. So, so what do you like? What, what are your two, like each of your specific roles now? Because it sounds like what you're kind of saying is that at first you're doing everything yourself and then you kind of step back and specialize more in one thing. Is that right? I'd say, to be honest, I say we mostly both do a bit of everything. I'd say Ruben's mm. definitely more so social and influencer side. Okay. Um, I was design, but somehow I've got this weird ghost bit where I kind of sit above the design team, but I don't really. I say more, I try and focus on like marketing ops, the mm. website. I think mostly we're just really trying to focus on hiring great people, getting them set up in roles, and then what's next, you know? Yeah, do it for you. And dealing with legal madnesses. Yeah. I know I know Ollie was particularly worried when when he stepped away from design. Um that you know he'd be he was saying to me, Well, what am I gonna do then? And I think there was obviously You're that, out, mate. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I had to explain to him, like, yeah, you're never gonna be out, like this is your business. But I think it, just realizing that our role will be like always evolving and there's always gonna be something new that we need to focus on. And I think you know, one thing naturally leads on to another and, you know, we're always just pushing pushing for growth within the business. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Right. What else have we got? As you can see, I'm a... Uh, it's your first podcast, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm still, like, new as a podcast host. Like, I don't want to be, like... <laughs> I was saying this before we started. Like, I don't want to be, like, one of those, like, so... Blah, 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 blah. Or you said like before we did this, like fishing for answers or fishing for motivational things. I just kind of want to have more of an authentic conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if it's a little bit clunky between like trying to pull up questions for you, it's due to my in inexperience and uh, I'll take full accountability for that. <laughs> but yeah, so challenges you face, we've kind of done that one. Um, is there anything else? Like I'm just fishing for an exciting answer now. I don't think I'll it's that exciting, but I think getting the right stock in has always been a struggle. Have you properly, have you ever like fucked it with? Oh, with, I'm, I'm colorblind. Oh, good. No. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you picked this one because I was going to bring <laughs> you're, you're colorblind. I'm colorblind and. Like properly colorblind? Properly fucking colorblind. Everything's black mate. and white? Or? Not everything's black and white. I just, but I guess I'm red, green, colorblind, but the way my eye processes red and green means that many colors look the same when they're together, okay. like two different shades. I once, as a kid, ran into the front room, I was like, mom, I'm wearing all red. And she was like, that's orange, bro. <laughs> <But> <laughs> we, we once, you know them super skinny bottoms that you didn't even promote for us the other day? We once accidentally made them. <laughs> I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> we once accidentally ran those in like a fuchsia hot pink and it was supposed no, to be like a didn't. sexy burgundy. Did no one tell you? We, the, the thing is, back then we were so fucking slapdash. Like when you have structure and have sample, have um, process in place, you're like, we always need a sample. We need multiple samples. We were just like, yeah, make them, make it in that color. Let's get 500 of them. <laughs> Sweet. And then they came and they were fucking I, I was, this future. I was, I was horrified. I opened the box and I was like, what is this? I was going mad blaming the supplier. <laughs> I was like, how have they done this to us? And then I think Ollie was probably sheepishly sitting there thinking, oh, this might be my mistake. And then <laughs> yeah. he looked at it and it was. I think so. The, the... They, they then morphed into our first women's product or one of our first women's product. Okay. became the women's um, Exodus pants or whatever they were called. Every cloud is a silver liner, I take it. Mm. I feel like <laughs> there's more cloud than silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like with the, like the merchy bits I do from YouTube, I'm kind of in that stage where I'm like, because the the margins are, are so small on it, if I'm getting stuff completely custom made, be it from China or Pakistan or whatever, I don't really want to send, you know how expensive samples are if you're getting them internationally from a new supplier. Like, I don't really want to be back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with stuff. So I'll do like a few samples and I'll just be like, fuck it, take my money, pray that this one that's comes is going to be the gonna be the right I've, I've literally just done that recently actually with um a big order of hats but they're like completely i should have just found like a hat that i like sent them it and been like yeah copy yeah. this but i've like done it completely custom so it's a bold move it's either gonna be the worst thing that i've done or it's gonna go all smoothly but it wasn't until i actually paid the money and put the order in that i was like fuck i should have just got like uh something that i like and be like yeah make these changes We'll see. You've 
you've got to do that. I think we learned early on when we were trying to make a hoodie from just measurements and they kept sending on these giant fucking tents. We realized, because yeah. we got no design training. Like, so we, we, we then realized, oh, you, you send them a hoodie you like and then be like, change these measurements, put this branding on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think think that's the best way to do it, isn't it? Because it's already like those things that you like are already there. And then I guess you probably do the same with like previous products now, don't you? Because you've got so many lines and stuff. You can just make changes based on that rather than starting to some starting something from scratch. Like, what is it? Someone said to me like nothing is nothing is original. That's the other thing. So it's like always build off pre existing pre existing stuff. But yeah, so you fucked up fucked up the color, the stock on that one. Um made something kind of come out of it <laughs> um, what about like obviously you've been mates for a long time how is it like working together like for that long i think it's chill man i think most people seem to say um never work with your mate because you're gonna fucking argue about something fall out stop being mates yeah i don't think we i mean i don't think we had that i think fucking I think we're both chilled, easygoing people. We know we're both here for the same purpose. Ruben's got his fucking skills. I've, I hope I got mine. <laughs> but, but I think I think we've been all right. Yeah, and no, I'd agree with that. I think that is a funny one. I think it's almost a little bit controversial when people say, you know, don't start a business with friends or family or anything. I can't speak on the other side, but <laughs> I mean, like, in terms of like starting a business with your friend, like, I think if you've got a solid friendship and like i think you've you know you, you share a lot of the same ideas um you get along well you're not always falling out every two minutes and i don't see what i don't personally see the problem with it i think yeah it's it's been tricky at times but i think it would have been tricky no matter who we were working with but i definitely think working with somebody especially a friend will like help you through those hard times and like yeah. when stuff gets really sticky you know to have somebody who's in it with you like in it as deep as you are because you can always talk to somebody else about your problems, but they're not in it with you. And I think yeah. having someone who like whatever goes wrong, they're in it too. You you, know, it helps. You're gonna go down on the ship together. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you both end up in prison, then it's uh, reassuring. Yeah. Or, or you are, or you fucking absolutely make it. But nah, that's that's a cool one because I've kind of experienced like both ends of of the spectrum doing stuff. Mm. You know, and it's like obviously. What's your experiences of it? Um. <laughs> come on let's go yeah no nothing like nothing too bad that i can what could go into too much but like where i've done stuff or like businesses in the past for example like the pre-workout now, i still that, got some of that in my cupboard yeah so how, how how is it mate i haven't I, taken it in a while i think you told me it's probably just finished now isn't it but i still got a few few pills yeah Sense, sense. What was the one? What was the one you gave me to try? I thought that was pretty Wobs. sick. Yeah, but it was powder, wasn't it? Oh, oh Wobs Ultra, oh. or it could be the pump. Maybe, Maybe. It, was pretty, f- it was sick though. Was it pump or was it? Did it make you feel like you're absolutely ruined, like spangled? You'll know the difference. Yeah, but you I, took the spangled one. Yeah, all three of us took it. We hit PRs, but then we're out there, out there shaking, <laughs> shaking in the car. Oh, like. mate, it's honestly yeah, that was <laughs> mental. But no, nah, no, nah, I think I think with that. So like the the that was a like I partnered up with someone to do that. And like I'm, like, I'm mates with the guy now. Like it's, it's all good. But I think we just didn't, like we didn't. We're very like different people in a different age gap as well. That's the other thing. Like he's like probably like don't don't, don't want to insult him. <laughs> it's probably like 10, 15 years older than me at least. You know what I mean? And like we we met each other to to do this, and there was no kind of like rapport behind it. I think that caused a lot of problems because we weren't like good mates before. It was kind of like we just met to to do this. And like I said, a lovely dude. But I think we like we butted heads on a lot of stuff, and like that was one of the reasons why we stopped doing that. Like when it was going very decently, was due to that, and amongst other things like sourcing ingredients, the, the stuff happening, the, the c the c word stuff that I can't talk about, etc. Uh, um, etc. Et so yeah, but but then on the other side of it, it's like you know Tom, don't you, my mate Tom? Like we did we've done stuff together as well, like RET, which kind of got us started in the coaching stuff, and like. We're, we've always been mates first and like that works really well. Like we got so much fucking done. We're so productive. There's never really any issues or anything like that. So I think it just depends, doesn't it? Depends, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, like I said, you, the writing's probably already on the wall. If there's somebody you've got a bit of an up and down relationship with, then maybe not. <laughs> but if it's someone like you've known for a long time, I think it, yeah, it can be really good. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a risk when it's like, 
you're you're not friends first. You're 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 together, especially if it's like a 50-50 partnership for a business with a stranger. I think like even saying that, I'm, I'm just thinking like I'm an I'm a fucking idiot. Like why why would you even do that? But live and learn, eh? That's probably my bit of advice. It's like don't don't go into a partnership with someone that you don't you don't know because your ideas are probably gonna be very different and you're probably gonna butt heads like butt heads a lot, you know? Like what do you say? What's your business advice? There you go. Give me some business advice. I was saying to Ruben Ali before you started filming, I think just fucking start is what I think. Like, I think a lot of our friends and people we know have seen us, seen our success, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And just thought, oh, I can do it. Let me have a go at it. But I think it's very easy to think I want to make my website perfect, wait my, make my logo perfect, get the absolute best product. And as you heard from the story, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing and we just ran with it, you know? Yeah. I think it's very easy to get so caught up in planning everything. But next thing you know, you spent 10, 10 20 grand and you've got nothing. Like yeah. we, we started with grand each. We never took any outside investment and we just fucking tried stuff slowly. What worked, we ran with it. And here we are. I think as well, I think some people will put together huge presentations, get funding to start a business if someone just gives you a hundred grand and you're 20, you're not, you're not going to spend that hundred grand the same way we're going to spend a hundred grand having made it from a grand each, you know, you don't respect that money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just fucking start with what you got, test it out, fail fast, see if it works and go again. I'd say. Yeah. I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. And, and as well, just realizing it as well, that sometimes it, Business is not for everyone. I think sometimes, you know, like people will look at people doing that and then think, oh yeah, I want a piece that I want to do that, which is fine, great. Like, but I think you've got to go into it knowing what it's going to entail, the sacrifice it's going to entail and and be prepared for that. And I think, you know, a lot of people have got a lot of commitments. It's difficult to start, you know, it's difficult people to walk away from a job and start a business, especially if they're used to earning a certain wage. Yeah, We were used to living off Sainsbury's basic ready meals. So like yeah. we were pretty much at the bottom anyway, couldn't get any worse. Um, but yeah, just like, you know, think about what you want to do. If you're really passionate about it, I think you will make it work. I think it's like when you're a little bit unsure of yourself, maybe not, but I think we, we came into this, I can only speak on our experience, but we came into it knowing we were going to try and smash it and like we weren't going to give up. Yeah. I almost, I almost feel like when you're, when when you've got nothing to lose or when you're younger, like either one of those two, like, or you can be any age of like nothing or you can just not give a fuck about what you got to lose. You know what I mean? That's when you can really do good shit. Like, like you're saying, like you're living in your mum's parents, like what have you got to lose? Yeah. It's not going to get much worse. Well, well literally. <laughs> and I think, I think that's why, you know, if there, are, if there's anyone young listening to this, I probably would say like, don't be afraid to start it young. I think it's the best time to do it. Yeah. 100% man yeah like, like like you're saying dude about the just just starting like I've got you probably know so many people like this as well but I know so many people who have like all these sick ideas they talk about doing and they just never do anything and I, I'm also in that category as well like I'll be like oh yeah I'm gonna do this this and this and this and then I just never get around to doing it I guess it's just kind of almost like running before you can walk a little bit in a sense yeah I, yeah I think what Ollie said is is very true just just start somewhere. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but at least you've started and there's like, you're already on the way to improving if you've, if you've got a starting point. If you just keep thinking about it, like you will overthink it until you end up not doing it or somebody else will do it and then you'll be like, oh, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I had that with, um, it's a bit of a stupid one. Maybe I would have been a billionaire if I did this. Maybe not. But before, I remember when I was like, do you remember when, in the good old days, right? When straws used to be plastic before these stupid, like shitty paper straws came in. Like when that was first announced, I went to do like a bulk order and start this like bamboo straw company. And it was not a thing. Like it was not a thing in England. There was like no, no like metal or bamboo straws or anything like that. And I think it was like a grand or 800 quid at the time, like the initial order from China with all these straws. And I was like toying with doing it, toying with doing it. And I think someone told me not to do it. And I was like, okay, no, I won't. Who told you not to do it? I can't remember. Maybe one of my parents. Uh, it might have been one of my parents. Um, have you blocked them? <laughs> yeah, I don't speak to them anymore. <laughs> I like, friended them on Facebook. I, I could have been something special, you know, but now 
sat here like <laughs> checking but yeah um and, and i just didn't do it and because i was worried like i was worried about losing that money do you know what i mean and like in in the grand scheme of things absolutely nothing and who who would like who would have known what happened if i started this bamboo straw company but i didn't do it based on like th- that fear of loss that mm. fear of like it going wrong i think the payoff is much bigger than the the pay- payoff will be much bigger than the potential loss but obviously we focus on like the things that we're scared of losing i think that's the biggest one do you think if you had somebody like with you that you'd also gassed to do that idea, you would have been more inclined 100%. to do it? hundred percent. Yeah. If I had a mate that was like, yeah, man, let's, let's buy these fucking straws. Yeah. Let's, um, yeah. you know, yeah. you would have, you would have happily parted with your 500 pounds and you would have been hundred percent, man. Yeah. Without that. I think we're easily influenced as well. So it's like, I think that's where it works with like two of you. It's like, you, you gas each other up over the positive things. Like even if there's that tiny chance, you're like, yeah, it's going to work. And then you begin to believe it. And then that belief like makes it, makes it happen. Yeah. And I think what you said about like your previous business partner was interesting as well. Cause I think if it was somebody like who was your age, who you were like literally on the same wave as you probably both would have been as excited. You would have been in the same similar like time in your life and it, and it would come together a lot more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big one. Like just the whole, if I was going to do something with someone, it would be someone that was made at first. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think another thing on the, on the subject of friends, I think something we've struggled with massively over the years is like being friends with your staff, I think has its ups and downs. Cause I think we're young guys. We typically hire everyone that's like around our age. And then we, with no management training straight out of uni, it's very easy to be someone's fucking friend. But then when you got to tell them something real hard, that don't come so easy. Yeah, so, so you, you started hiring on people that were like, you would be mates with rather than people that were suitable for the role, do you reckon? No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, I'd say well, we've hired friends of friends or our friends a few times and that's, that never went well. Um, I think because we're quite chilled people socially, just like, as I said with each other, like very laid back, like to always have a laugh. Yeah. I think people can almost take that for your character. So then they come to work for you, think, oh, fucking Ollie and Ruben don't care. Like I can just, just get biased, chilled. Yeah. Um, but I think by that, the same as that, if we're so chilled with all of our staff, who we would, we'd, we'd hire people um, that we would be, we, we'd be friendly with, but it'll be like, we'd meet them as freelancers, bring them into the role. And then just being like, I don't want to say too familiar, too friendly with people then it's harder to like manage them because they see us more as their peers rather than their boss. Yeah, but you don't want to be a dick either though, do you? I know, so, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't think we're, I like to think we're not dicks at all, but fucking, it's just hard to know. I, obviously you're, you're working for me. I, th- I think a problem is as well, having done this for like 10 years now, we do have a lot of fucking experience. We know what works well, but when you're telling someone under you, what to do you you don't want to sound like a dick you know yeah Mm. i think that's kind of ties into what what i said earlier where you start this business and you're supposed to be you have to be an expert at everything to some extent and it's like you know i think being a good manager is like a unique set of skills anyway so like yeah to 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 then you, you have to you have to do whether you like it or not you know somebody beneath you is always going to be looking for for management or direction but Yes, it's, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. It's difficult having difficult conversations. It's all well and good when things are going great, but when, yeah, when things are, are not, that's when, it's, that's when it's tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to relate that, but I, 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 kind of, I see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from because if I, if I hire people freelance to help me with stuff, like there's been times where like you want to you wanna be nice to people and you want to be like, liked, don't you? As in you want to have like build rapport with someone, but then it's like, you don't want them to take the fucking piss when they do nothing because they're like, oh yeah, I was out drinking and mm. I didn't get what I needed to do done. Yeah. yeah. It's a fine line. It's a, it's a fine line because yeah, you want to obviously have a good relationship with everyone, but at the end of the day, it, it's a business and you need, you need certain things to get done. What's the, uh, what's the future of BQ looking like then? Because um, you guys have just been out in what LA, was it? Yeah, yeah. So we went out in LA just to work with a good few of our athletes out there. Um, Jeremy, Brion, Jeff, CJ. I how, think- how, was, how, how was that? What's Jeff like? I've never met him. 
He's chill, man. I think you guys will get on fucking swimmingly. Like really? I'd say he's very much like yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> but American, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> nah, nah, he's he's cool. He's laid back. Yeah. Um, so, we, yeah, we went out there, shot some content with them, starting to bring back the Vanquish YouTube. And um, I think we used to smash YouTube a good few years ago, but we kind of dissolved our media team and went been really focusing on clothes like i'm sure anyone will see it's just fucking new launch new launch new launch yeah yeah but we just want to put out more than just clothes you know we want to put out more content just work, work with all the talent we've got on our team to create something more than just clothes you know i guess it's quite hard to um to keep it balanced <laughs> even though you've got a big team and there's loads of people working like if not to neglect that one yeah. area of the business if you're doing another, so you're trying to bounce out a little bit more. Yeah, that, that's the problem. I think that's the problem is running a fucking business. It's almost like spinning plates. Yeah. Because we focus so much on design side and it's like, fuck, we need to focus on our marketing and influencer departments. And, and then even within that, it's like, we've just done this in LA. Now we're going to do something similar and sick with all our UK guys. And then it's like the fucking Japanese guys. Like it's, it's, it's all so much going on at once. Yeah, I forget you're in Japan. Like, have you got, you've got, well, I say you, we've, because I'm technically a part of, that's right. <laughs> technically you're, part. My, you're my bosses. So uh, oh, gee. that's kind of terrifying <laughs> as well at the same time. Nah. Exactly. You're talking about not being too friendly with the people there. <laughs> you're like, yeah, Mo, sorry. Um, you, you, you crossed the line here, mate. You're done. But yeah, you, you've got, you've, um, Japan. Japanese athletes, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's pretty crazy because I think I spoke to you about this previously and you're like, you've got a big market in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like, how? How? Like, I, I mean, I think it's hard to know exactly the origins of... <laughs> I think that's tr- fucking cool to yeah, start but with. I think, you know, w- w- I recently went to Japan and it was, it was an amazing experience. And I think when you go around Japan, you will see how fashion and style was such a massive like part of their culture. Yeah. And I think obviously, especially with us now, like being a lot more, you know, like we, we're very focused on making product that we believe in, we would want to wear ourselves. And yeah. like you said, you could wear it in or out of the gym. I think it just like kind of lends itself very well to that culture where, you know, they, they're very like up on looking, looking their best and feeling their best. And I think you just only have to walk around Japan to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's probably why our brand particularly resonates with that audience. Okay. And obviously there is a massively growing fitness community there too. And like, um, I know we've worked with a lot of like big names and like Mr. Olympia. And I think they look up to a lot of those influencers like Jeremy Buendia, people like that. What, in Japan? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. The like Asian fitness, like it's almost, I, I don't know how to describe it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, the obsession is like another level. Like in the UK, people like, oh yeah, I like bodybuilding, I like going to the gym and it's there. It's like, they fucking, mm. if you like it, you love it. Yeah. Like, I think that's the same about like, you know, what I noticed from being out there is I think they're, they're unafraid to like show how passionate they are about stuff. Whereas I think the kind of more Western culture is a little bit more standoffish. People don't want to like, I don't know. They don't <laughs> want to be as open about how much they might like something. I think they're there. It's just, you know, it's, it's, they celebrate things a lot more. Yeah. How, how, how was it? I've never been to Japan. Have you been? He snaked me. We're supposed <laughs> no, 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 going again. We're going again. But yeah, no, it was, it's, it's incredible. I think it's yeah, one of my favorite places I've been to. I would, I'd definitely recommend it. What, what do you get up to? I want, I want to um, just everything really, just kind of doing the old, the, the touristy stuff going around. Um, I, I was more on a mission to find like retro games and anything to do with Pokemon. But I think um, I saw you go. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw this. But um, no, there's there, honestly, I, I wouldn't know where to start. There's literally so much to do. The food's amazing. I know you're you're big into your Japanese food at the minute as Asian well. Asian things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's sick, man. Like you've got like that two sides of it. You've got like the really modern side and you've got like that kind of more heritage side as well. well um, where did you go? Tokyo, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo Kyoto and Osaka. Yeah. So we did a little bit. I mean, you could probably stay there for a month and still not see everything. So did you train? Did you train out there as well? You know, I don't know. We didn't train out there actually. I think because we were so packed, like every single day, we we're just like, we want to see this area, see that area, and we're just going around um, doing all the touristy stuff. I didn't want to like take up a quarter of a day with like trying to plan in a gym session. So. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen the gyms. The gyms do look insane though. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's like 
for us like westerners it seems for the like the culture around gyms out there mm. seems proper weird have you seen that well, I know in like certain gyms and like, spas, you can't, if you've got any tattoos, you'd have to, so you'd have to cover those <laughs> up. You're fucked. Ollie, fucked, Ollie would not be allowed to attend. I'd have to wear the turtleneck, bro. <laughs> you have to have gloves. <laughs> Looking like that boy that can't see sunlight. Uh, MJ, there you go. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, I know that, um, well, I know, like in a lot of, the, like you can't, people don't speak in the gyms. I don't know. Like you, you can't, you, yeah, I, I watched something on YouTube. I think it's maybe Zach. Partner, like you can't take any pictures, you can't speak, mm. you can't like grunt. It's like silent, like yeah. It's it's very it's very yeah. It's, it's weird. It's but that's quite what I like about Asia, man. Like the it's like it's culturally so it's like another planet, isn't it? Mm. So different culturally. It's definitely different. Like it feels a lot safer as well. Like you can walk around without a care in the world. Yeah. Or we did without anyway. your blade. Yeah. <laughs> I think but, maybe that's just North London, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot we could learn from them, to be honest. But it was it was always sick, and I definitely recommend it. Yeah, especially if you like anime, like the anime side of it is just insane. Like really? you could do a full trip just trying to like absorb all that there is to to see and experience there. There's like so many shops. Um, but yeah, I'd say save up before you go because there's so much stuff to buy. Is it expensive? Um, like... I wouldn't say it's overly expensive, but. There's just that much stuff that you'd want to buy. Yeah. Like, if you're into that. Okay, well, like the anime kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, like I was just buying like retro Game Boys and stuff like that. Like you just go into these shops and see all the stuff you grew up with and you're just losing your mind. Just wanted to take everything, but yeah, it's sick. I might, um, I might try and go skiing out there early next year. I'm not sure. We'll see. But I do want to go. Like, I, I, I feel like it's just so different man mm. like that's the thing i like, like about thailand as well i remember when i went to i've traveled quite a lot and i remember when i went to like thailand for the first time or like vietnam like that kind of is it is southeast asia it's southeast asia isn't it yeah southeast um going to like that part of the world and it's just like everything's different like the distance like the way people interact the distance people stand from you it's like so like mental man yeah yeah for sure well, we've, we've been out to Thailand with uh, Vanquish. We, we used to get a lot of stuff made out there, which was, which was cool. We got to see a lot of factories and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, culturally, it's, it, is a, it is a big difference if, if you've never been to Asia before. I mean, every country is obviously different within that. But Yeah, you, you didn't make it out at this time. Uh, I didn't make it to Japan. Obviously, we went to Thailand together. Ruben showed me around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Japan, he snaked me. Hardcore snakery. We had well, it. We had it planned to go out there for a little. Um, we were doing an expo. We, and then we, we did, did an expo. Yeah, we did it. We did it. But well, we, in, we in, fucked in, up in our Thailand visas. or Japan. In Japan, we did a small expo there. We were supposed to be going out there. We were supposed to be taking Jeremy, but plans just didn't come together properly. Snake me a year later with a BA credit. <laughs> so so, wait, so what, what happened with? Uh, did you? Did you like? arrange the expo and stuff and just didn't no no yes yeah, so, so we did the expo because we've got our japanese af athlete manager lives out there so she handled it with our athlete team but just we'd planned to go there and bring jeremy but i think we overlooked a visa that we needed and didn't realize and here we are oh shit so they, di they didn't let either of you in well we realized that there was like an extra part we were missing and at that point it's like we're not going to just gonna risk going there and then getting no. sent back so and it's yeah. like a long application yeah, it was too long. By that point, like, yeah, it would have been too... It's probably something they're proper strict on as well, isn't it? I would only... I would assume so, yeah. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to find out, to be fair, because that flight is brutal. Like, it was oh, so long. Fuck. I went to... Um, I was in the States at the beginning of this year, and it was, like, the first time I was going to fly business class. I don't think I told you this. And um, went, to, went to, like, go, go check in. <laughs> I realized I hadn't done like the Esther or the visa or anything. Um, because obviously I thought the Esther, you just like, I've been to America before, but it was a long time ago. I completely forgot. I thought you just like filled it out on the plane, you know, tick some boxes. And they were like, yeah, you can't board the plane until um, you've done it and got it back. And I was like, how long does it normally take? And I was looking and it was like, I swear some people were saying it took like, a week to come back. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So we sat, me and my girlfriend sat like outside the check-in. She was fine. She's not an idiot like me. And I went to, I was filling out this form frantically, went to do it. It was like 5am. I come all the way from London, um, from the north to go for this flight. 
And then it was like the five minute window before I had to check in or you'd miss a flight. She had, she had to go and leave me, checked into the flight, got the flight. I fucking missed it, mate. Oh. And then as she was taken off, it came through. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I feel the pain. Oh, that's terrible. With so the... you just lost out on that ticket? Yeah. Well, it was it was all right. I had to pay to like, I could transfer, rebook the flight. Because mm. I, I didn't actually write it. Because normally with like, I didn't realize this, with more expensive flights, they're just chill. They're just like, Oh yeah, it'll be, I think it was like 400 pounds, which obviously isn't ideal. Mm. But they were like, oh yeah, it's 400 pounds, just change the flight. Or you just pay the difference, I think. But if it was like a, a standard ticket, would have been fucked. Mm. Like they would have just kept my money and be like, yeah, tough luck. Yeah, See you later. yeah, yeah. especially so, yeah. if it's like that last minute. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to risk it. But I was stressed, man. I start <laughs> making this video as well on like flying business class for the first time. Oh, I making this YouTube oh, video. Oh. And then oh. after like, starts in the hotel room. And then it's just like, after like, 10 minutes of footage is just a shot of me sat on the bench by my own looking like I'm about to cry as <laughs> I've missed the flight. Uh, I always thought you could land and just get an Esther and it's cool. Like they didn't ask us for ours when we went to LA. But that's because they already knew. Did they? I think so. I think it like it just registers maybe with your passport number and then mm. it's like it will flag whether it active or not i don't it's, know it's all digital isn't it yeah it's, it's all it's all digital so but you're right some places you're just literally on the flight and they'll come around with a little card that you just fill in and then that's it that's what i thought it yeah. was that's what i thought it was but no it was it was long man it was long what's um favorite places we'll probably wrap it soon because i feel like i've milked the vq story as long as it's worth it favorite place that you've been like travel wise i really like going fucking new york with ruben mm. um i think something it's almost a struggle is we always go away for vanquish so there always be such a focus around shooting this content um doing this expo but to go away with just really spend time with fucking ruben as one of my best friends anywhere else just straight up holiday vibes is oh, sick, so you man. didn't do any like nah new york was just a straight holiday um i think ruben's so sick at um picking great food places like everything we ate there was fucking banging. What, what, sort, of, what, did, what sort of stuff did you like eat? Oh, like, every you cuisine going, man. Japanese, Indian, I guess kind of like American, American Italian stuff. It was it was it was a sick trip, man. And New York is always like a bucket list place, I think. You reckon? For me, I've, I've definitely. Never, I've think. never been. I want to go. I, I, I love that holiday. I love that holiday. I've heard it's hectic, like super busy, like mental. Do you think it's bad or not really? I mean, coming from London, I don't think it's that. It's probably the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even LA, we stayed on for a, for a few more days, just kind of chilling, getting our bearings before we came back. And it was sick to just do things again, just with Ruben outside of outside of something that's strictly work, you know? Yeah. Just anywhere with him, it would seem. <laughs> you like you like LA? I've had mixed things about that as well. Uh, that's a mixed one for me. I think. I think I've I think never, that I've was never our, been. Well, I think that was our fourth time just now. And I think the first three times I was convinced that I didn't like it. But I think seeing it again, I, 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 I think it grew on me a little bit. And I, I think there, it has its issues, but there are some really nice bits too. Yeah. Is it like crazy, a lot of homelessness? Yeah, it is a, it is a massive thing. Like it's in it's, in it again, that's kind of shocking to see coming from here where that's, I mean, obviously we have it a problem here with it but it's not to that extent and it's like it's quite shocking to see and like that and the, the drug problem that they've got there is i feel it's like just, it's next level it's man. next level like you yeah. see people like slumped yeah slumped out on the on the pavement and people just walk past and don't they don't try and help or anything whereas i think if you saw someone here you'd be like oh my god like i'm gonna need to ring an ambulance now what just like yeah completely like passed out Zanuck, really yeah Fuck. yeah so it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And like literally people just walk over them and just keep going. I feel like as well in America, the, the, the homeless people generalizing everyone. They're fucking crazy. Homeless man it's will like, be here humbly begging, but there they're walking down the street shouting at you. Yes. So I think they're cracking. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was basically was gonna, gonna say that. <laughs> I, was worried. I was like, how do I put it nicely? <laughs> but yeah, mate, it was like fucking screaming like, like yeah I, I remember when i was in chicago a few months ago this is one dude and i was like he was like stood outside the shop and he was like following us down the road he was like excuse me have you got any money for a poor homeless black man any money and i was like i was like like for starters like what does the fact your skin color have to do with <laughs> me like me giving you do you know what i mean like it doesn't make a difference 
And then, uh, and then, yeah, bro, I just felt like there were it's scary. A lot of them in America, it's just like yeah. a different, a different level, mate. I think to us it's scary, but American people they're just chilled like that. Hence, we get the culture shock. Yeah, I know out in LA, what was it? Some of our staff were in an Uber. This guy was dragging a huge spade across the road. He fucking in front of the Uber, he just raises the spade in the air. And I think the Uber guy was chilled, man. They were frightened for their life. <laughs> I, it's just crazy how that's become normalized out there at the minute. I think because it's like, even though they speak the same language, we expect America to be the same and it's like completely different, different to us. Yeah, I, I think as a kid, you think like, this is fucking amazing. It's yeah. like a bigger and better UK. But when you go out there a bit older and kind of understand the political system, it's just a bit more like, you know what, this is a nice holiday. Well, <laughs> it'll be cool to get back. Yeah, it's weird how people, divided people are as well. You know what I mean? Like on politics out there is nuts. Like, I feel like here, like people don't really give a shit what other people vote for. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Unless you're like on the extreme sides of the spectrum. But over there, it's like, it looks like clear divide, you know? Yeah, they got some problems, right? But anyway, I think we should, do you want to wrap this? Yeah. yeah I'm good. pretty good. I think we got some sufficient value from you two. And I hope so. <laughs> and where's the, the hero uh, TikTok? It's going to go viral. <laughs> yeah, I need to milk some more like motivation. That could be Ollie or... ordering the, the, the pink sweatpants. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've fucked up everything in this business, I swear to God. That's like... it, right there. That, <laughs> that, that little soundbite. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's like, I'm sure there's loads of other like gnarly clickbait stuff, but we can't probably go into it legally. Don't escape off the first podcast. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Thank but, uh, you for having us. It was cheers, sick. Cheers Thank for you, having man. me, boys. Thank you very much. <laughs>